Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm your host, Mary Ann Camarada. Who else would I be? You know, I have to say that, but, you know, I am your host. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I feel like that's what I say that for. For those of you coming back again and again, we're so glad you're here. And you just have to know I am so excited, and it's not the green tea. It's a rare opportunity that I not only get to talk about one of my favorite subjects, uh, archetypal psychology, depth psychology, I get to talk to, we get to talk to uh, a famous woman. Oh, my God. Dr. Jean Shinoda Bowen uh, has written a book, by the way, called Artemis, which is what she's here to talk with us about this hour. But before we get to all of that, let's do what I like to do every hour, and that is cultivate our practice. Uh, the first thing we do is to turn our attention inwards, just bringing our attention to our body, to our breath, so we can arrive together, so we can get present and receive the presence of Dr. Bowen. If you're driving, just notice and trust that your cerebellum will do its job, which is driving. It knows how. Um, if you've just gotten your license, then, then just sort of pay attention on some level what we're talking about now. But for the rest of us, if you're walking along and ideally sitting or standing still, just notice where your breath is in your body. The rise and fall of your belly or your chest. Just taking a moment to be present to yourself, to your embodied experience. And in this moment, the gift will expand to the rest of your body, helping regulate your nervous system. You not only benefit, but those around you will benefit. I mean, it's a win-win, as they say, all the way around. So that's the first part of our practice. You might even take an audible breath if you really want to go for it to listen to your own sound. There's something really important about checking in with our sound sometimes. <sighs> yeah, there you go. All right, so let's move towards the next part of our practice, which is finding and cultivating some gratitude. This is not a cliche. This is a way to adjust our perspective. And when we do that, our life deepens and widens as well. One of the questions I love to ask our listeners, that means you, uh, is who helped you do what you're doing right now? Pick anything, the electronic device you're using. How many people did it take to help you get dressed this morning? The tens and thousands of people 
that were involved in making your clothes? How about the breakfast in your belly? So this is a liftoff for you. Go down the list of folks who make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now. And we're going to go down our list here at Marianne Live, our honorary sponsor. Uh, we're going to kick off with the One World Children's Fund.org if you're, um, if you're online. Uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. At the national level, level, we're proud to say the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other makes this program possible and has done so for the last decade. You can check them out online as well, naction.org. And 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And at the local level, we want to talk about the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation, and for sure they will have a copy of Dr. Jean Shinoda Bowen's book, her new book, Artemis. Um, so if you're in Northern California or planning a trip, you'll be able to maybe see her book there, or you know what, I know it's available wherever flying books are sold, not to worry about that. So we want to thank our sponsors, noticing where your breath is, if you're feeling your perspective shift just a little bit, as it often does when we get grateful. Grateful in a sincerely grateful way we can do that. And now we're going to take a turn towards talking about our guest today a little bit. Uh, Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin is a an MD and a psychiatrist type doctor, a union analyst, internationally known speaker and a workshop leader. She's been in private practice for many years and the author of 13 books. She's also a distinguished life fellow of the American Psychiatric Association and a former clinical professor of psychiatry at the University of California at San Francisco. We're going to talk about the Millionth Circle initiative a little bit later in the program, um, which was inspired by her book and led her to advocacy for a UN Fifth World Conference on Women, which I'm very excited to talk about, but we'll get to that a little later in the program. This very accomplished woman. Uh, is joining us today to talk about her new book, Artemis. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that before I introduce her. Um, are you feeling indomitable, untamed, subdued, or maybe not so much? Well, Jean Bowen explores the myth of Atlantia, Atalanta. I'm not even sure. I think it's Atalanta, the famous hunter and runner in ancient Greek mythology, a mortal woman who is identified with Artemis, goddess of the hunt and moon. Atalanta began life abandoned and left to die because she was born a girl. She went on to conquer fierce animals and make a man prove himself before she would be his bride. She exemplifies the indomitable spirit in competent, courageous girls and in the women they become who will not be victims no matter what. Looking at today's girls with grit like Princess Merida in the film Brave and Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, Jean gives us a way we can explore and find our own uncrushable spirits. Welcome to the program, Dr. Jean Shinoda Bowman. We're so glad you're here. Glad to be with you. <laughs> wow. It is such a thrill. Your whole life is representative of the very thing that this book for me represents, this indomitable spirit that you talk about. I was just reading this morning about um, your 
missing your opportunity to go to Stanford University, yet uh, the way that your father flew across the country and had your back, and, and this whole, all these amazing stories that have helped craft and um, really lent to who you've become as a woman. But I want to talk about that interior part of Artemis as well throughout this hour. Um, so, Jean, let's let's start with for folks who don't know your background, just a little bit about how you've come to do the work that you've come to do in the world. Well, I'm a Japanese American for one thing, and it meant that my life got a bit disrupted by World War II. And though I did not get into, uh, I missed the opportunity of being behind barbed wire in a. Uh, relocation camp, uh, my activist father, businessman, and my doctor mother um, were first spoke up to ask that the, that the president of the United States, Roosevelt, consider not doing this because we were American citizens. Most of the people who were relocated or put in camps actually were American citizens. Uh, but what happened is what is being described about the Muslims now. We were considered a potential fifth column. So the Japanese Americans on the entire West Coast were put into relocation camps. And unless you could, unless you either lived in uh, Hawaii, where of course Pearl Harbor happened, but it also was, there were just too, too many Japanese to put in a camp there. So it, it, it hit the West Coast. So that, that started me on my journey uh, of being an internally, um, I think, a, I guess an internally displaced refugee to get out of Los Angeles to Central California and then get out of the state to get to New York, from New York to get to Blackfoot, Idaho, to Grand, Grand Junction, Colorado, to Denver, Colorado, um, something like seven elementary schools by the time I came back as soon as the war was over, to California. Hmm. And somehow that journey, uh, one in which I had to keep moving into new situations where I could be, could be seen as the enemy, hmm. um, there's something about the strength of my parents and my own inner, inner Artemis. Uh, Artemis is sort of curious, for one thing, and, and, and there's this, this sort of, she was the goddess of the hunt and goddess of the moon, and her realm was the wilderness. So every new place I went to was the equivalent of a wilderness. It was a new place. So any woman who views uh, life as a kind of potential adventure, there's something new to be learned. There's, there, there's, there's, it isn't a, a, you know, you sort of make your way. And it's actually happened to a great many girls and women that and and much more of it is going on now where people don't stay in the same place and the father doesn't have the same job all his life and the mother isn't a homemaker all her life things have so changed in the last several decades that my particular pattern is not that unusual now you're not displaced by a war but you're displaced because your father and mother are are looking for work in different places, um, and all of us uh, in the United States have often gone to many different schools and moved into different schools in different parts of the country. And so, if you find yourself in that mode of 
being up for what comes next. And if you have had some some hard times, and somehow there's a resilience somewhere in you, that's what I call indomitable spirit. That that is a gift of the archetype. It means you aren't tamed by and not subdued. Though you might learn some tact with time to sort of be quiet about it for a while before you go out into the world and and take on your... Because there's a natural activism about uh, Artemis. She's a little girl who starts out who says, it's not fair. I mean, there's a quality of justice and action, which is the activism part. And and if you ever went as a little girl to camp and, you know, campfire girls or Girl Scouts or something, and you liked it. I mean, you actually wanted to go back the second year mm-hmm. rather than horrors. I don't want to, I don't want to be out there again. Uh, every one of the little girls who chose to go back to camp and loved the outdoors and loved being in nature or loved her horse or her dog and had a natural affinity for that, that is the inner Artemis. Mm-hmm. It's also an inner mystic. Because, you know, when you're out in nature, nature's beauty and vastness, does affect your psyche. There is a sense of potential wonder, a sense that of, of feeling a oneness with nature, and all of that lends itself to a certain quality of mysticism, which is goddess of the moon. Mm-hmm. So when you said you liked the book, I presume kind of, oh, you must have an inner artifice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very funny because when, when this book arrived, uh, and I was staring at the cover. Really, it was just a, it's a very intriguing cover. Uh, this sort of almost androgynous-looking woman who's really quite tall, and but there was, there's something about her essence that I feel reflected. I felt reflected in my soul. But more than that, it, it brought me back to <clears throat> all of the literally hundreds of ways that her name, Artemis, showed up in my life prior to me even knowing what an archetype was. You know, we, a lot of us were, were raised on uh, stories um, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, our, our parents, however old you are, your parents read these stories or you, you read them in school. So many of us were introduced to the mythology and archetypes. But I think the thing that I'd love to ask you here uh, to talk a little bit about is the way that we could understand archetype uh, so it ha- it's a little more accessible for us. You talk about it in the book at great length, the way that we can access um, these archetypal energies. But just as an overview for, for some folks who, who aren't as familiar, um, I'd love if you do that for us. Well, archetypes are built in. Um, they're like any human built-in ability or capacity. I mean, all humans have a range of intellect, musical, art, coordination, certain gifts, and and yet we also know that some of us are a lot better at certain things, naturally, than other people. Well, the archetypal energies are very similar. So when I describe, as I did in Goddesses and Every Woman, the major archetypes in, uh, personified by the, by, the, uh, by the goddesses, you can see those aspects as part of yourself, and we, we kind of get a deck of them like we get a deck of human abilities. But certain ones are natural to us because they're stronger. They're, 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 there's just more energy behind each one. And we, from the time we were a little girl, are drawn to live from that. And then we run into the world. We run into our family expectations, religious expectations, school expectations, etc. 
and some archetypes are ones that everybody thinks is charming. It fits the uh, stereotype of, of a charming little girl. And if that that's that's not Artemis. That is that is Aphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not Artemis. <laughs> no, Artemis speaks up and and doesn't want to wear the frilly dress and and uh, or maybe she. But see, the thing of it is, like all human qualities. We do have a full potential debt. We usually have about two or three that are our stronger ones. So you actually can have Artemis as a strong part of yourself and also Aphrodite. Okay. Jean, are these inherited by our parents, or how does this work? How does the psyche sort of pick and choose? Could, could you talk about that? Well, you know, that is a, that is a philosophical question. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> because one of the things I'm doing is in my activism as an Artemis is I'm calling upon the archetype of the circle and finding that Jung, I don't know that you really wanted to go into this quite as deeply as I'm trying to sort of do but not do, <laughs> because Jung's, uh, Carl Jung uh, developed the, the idea of archetypes in us. He also coined the word synchronicity and he has within his psychology a sense that something called the large S self, which is the archetype of meaning or can be called divinity or God or the Tao or, or our, our meaning for being here, that that is just an innate archetype and, and we tap into it rather than it being programmed into our brains. Or, and yet there is a component of genetics. There is a component of what allows us to tap into that which is the archetypal field. And in uh, theoretical biology, it's called the morphic field. And so when there has been throughout time an archetypal essence, say Artemis, or women's circles, and patriarchy absolutely suppresses it for millennial, millennium even, when women start to align themselves to that archetype, they tap into it. And that's the premise of one of my strongest activists activism, which is the man circle, and it led me to being the principal advocate now for the for UN Fifth Women's World Conference. What if every woman all over the world, including in places where women are really oppressed and any archetype called Artemis or Aphrodite is suppressed? You have to wear, you know, hide yourself, but you do meet with other women, because that, that's okay. What if you met together, what if every woman had a circle that supported her, that had her back? to be who she really is. Yeah. You know, this is, and the Artemis archetype is the archetype of sisterhood. You, you read about her story. Not only does she have the realm of the wilderness, not only does she, is a, she's the firstborn of twins and Apollo's her, her brother, so she doesn't feel inferior to guys. She feels very comfortable uh, with, with, with men. So, do you mind if I just do a little overview? Yes, just for folks who are, if you're just joining us on Marian Live, I'm talking with Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin about her new book, Artemis. An amazing book. But we just got a fabulous overview of archetypal psychology and beyond. And essentially, just to break it down here, what I heard you say was, on the biggest, in the biggest, most authentic self, right? The big S, the big I, the divine self, which is ultimately what most of us on the path are trying to be in alignment with, right? Uh, the self that has access to sort of all 
all the archetypal energies. That some are important when you're being a mom, you tap into the mother archetypes and so on and so forth. But what happens is what I heard you say is when that's out of balance, persona level, right, we have to cope. Sometimes the archetypes that we have available are, are very limited and we have to suppress others, etc. When we get back after the break, we're going to talk about how to unleash your Artemis, uh, cultivate it, bring it back to life, uh, nourish it, whatever you need to do right here on Marian Live. Back in just a minute right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationship begin with an self-inquiry divination deck because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin is with me right here on Marianne Live talking about her new book, Artemis. We were just creating a little bit of a scaffolding uh, in terms of understanding architectural or archetypal psychology, rather. And, and it's, it is philosophical, and the map can be um, daunting sometimes. But in general, uh, I think it's a map that many of us love. Women in particular, or the feminine inside of all of us, really gravitate towards understanding this polypsychological sense of ourselves. You know, we, we, it feels natural. 
doesn't it, to know that, that we have parts and access to all kinds of different energies. Wouldn't you agree with that? Or what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I, I agree with that. And I, I had a little model when I wrote Goddesses in Every Woman to think of yourself as a committee. <laughs> there are all the various, say, I happen to list seven or eight of them, of the goddess archetypes. But you needed a, a, you needed a, a well-functioning ego. Yeah, right. Sharing the committee to right. say, ah, not your, not now. So Artemis might be told, this is not the time to do a riff on politics right. or mostly environmental things right. or animals. Because that, that's her passion. This, this is a time to call on somebody else in you. So this is a really good point, Jean. Um, this well-developed ego, do you think that most of us get into the sort of spiritual bypass story where we cop over that proposition and get into all the feel-good parts of this kind of work? Uh, because I'm, I'm concerned about that myself and, and see a lot of it uh, and, and, and victim of it myself. Do you know? I like the parts that make me feel good but, but don't always know where my ego is leading and, and, and not. Well, I think the, the ego is, is having something to do with our capacity to make good choices and to be discerning. It, 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 there, there is, the ego has gotten a bad name because it gets so identified with narcissism, yeah. when actually it is a, a well-functioning ego can, can figure out such things as how you spend your time and, and make you feel, remember what's important and and that is different than what we, what we also think of as a soul or the meaning of being here. I mean, it, a well-functioning ego is especially useful in the first half of adult life, when we have to sort out our priorities, when we have to sort out our finances, when we have to sort out our energy, our health, and things like that. I mean, you've got to got to have a sort of overview, well-functioning, choice-making ego to manage life. These complicated days but by the time I wrote goddesses and older women and assumed that that part was functioning well enough not perfectly nothing functioned perfectly but well enough then I thought about the aspects of ourselves as sitting in a circle speaking up in turn when appropriate when called upon but sometimes when we're younger the archetypes in us fight in a sense with each other so one that, well, you know, the different aspects, different interests. And so choice has to be made. Yeah. And, and we don't often know sometimes all those voices in our head actually are archetypally influenced, right? We, we, you know, we start out with the most basis of differentiation, like, oh, you know, I, that uh, critical part of myself or whatever, right? And then these refined archetypal energies really help us better understand a lot of those energies. Would we, can oh, we say that? Not, they're, they're not always refined. Each archetype has a shadow, and they are not refined. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so the, the the choice of of I mean, this is just basically get, getting to know yourself and getting and it helps to have a language yeah. and it, the archetypes operate in in us whether we name them or not. Right. Okay. So you said you helped you wrote this book because you want to help women become who they are meant to be. So let's let's sort of launch from there into why Artemis, why Artemis now? What about writing this book felt important for you in the context of helping women become who they're meant to be? 
Well, it's not just about Artemis. It's the archetype, though, that is, you know, if you, you, you were quoting the the characters in, like, in Hunger Games and things, and it is an emerging archetype. It is the archetype of the sister, sisterhood. And so feminism uh, and women working together and looking after children or girls or forests or animals, that kind of energy is basically comes out of the Artemis archetype. One of the things about if you live from an archetypal depth, what you do nourishes you. There's something about only you can say that this makes me, not only, this absorbs me. When I'm doing this, I'm totally absorbed in it. I've lost track of time, in fact. Uh, that's what you do when you're you're aligned with an archetype. It 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 makes you feel deeper and and more aligned with what matters truly to you. Now, culture doesn't pay attention to that so much. It pays attention to the persona or the image that we face the world with, and very often our we have to develop a persona that will get us through the educational hoops or get us into the social, through the social sort of matrix of things. So, so being aware of what's required, what face you have to put on to, you know, encounter the world is what we all learn to do, to, to adapt. But that's not who we are. That is what we need to learn. That is what a well-functioning ego may help us to do. But what gives us meaning the only way we could know that is from inside out and part of it i see is the sense of time that when we are totally engrossed in something it nourishes us and you can bet on it that this is part of you being connected with the archetype that is meaningful to you that was very well said uh, a comprehensive look at what m many of us would say being on a path actually means, right? All of these, these ways that we interface with the world, yet there's something, and for many of us oftentimes, knocking, screaming, tugging, pulling at us in the inside that some of us don't get the opportunity or feel, um, feel the, can see the value in, in tapping in or cultivating those inner longings and callings. Let's talk about the shadow of Artemis a little bit and how she might show up in those situations because this is not the most culturally um, well-accepted uh, archetypal energy, uh, particularly, you know, in the 50s, 60s, and, and so forth, right? She, she's not so socially um, interested in, in the, the, the normative behaviors. Well, she has a tendency to be a feminist, obviously, which <laughs> makes her an activist. And in some, in some, among many people, that's quite acceptable. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are other families and religions and parts of the world where that is very unacceptable. So the idea of sisterhood, of, of feminism, of equality with men, and you know, that's, that's a rather natural thing for the archetype. It's built into the story of Artemis, but the girl who learned very early that she liked to compete, for example, was often turned off, was often told that she should not do that. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, things have changed quite a bit, actually, since I was a girl. Uh, competitive girls do well in the world now, whether it's in sports or academics or there's a place in our culture thanks to feminism. 
so the problem is, um, and also there's a, a, a kind of a justice that since I said uh, the little girl who has brothers or something and who says when she realizes she's being treated differently, says it's not fair. That sense of, <clears throat> of she's somebody and she can speak up is a natural part of her, and it often is a good thing. But what's missing is, well, take, take the, the image of, archetype, of this archetype. She is the goddess with the bow and arrow, meaning she can aim at a target and hit it. It requires focus. It requires uh, practice. It requires a, a perseverance that's kind of natural to her, which makes it possible for her to get through a, you know, like a medical school. Mm -hmm. But the thing about this is that she shuts out the people around her. Mm -hmm. She has to grow in compassion. Mm -hmm. That is her weak spot. All right, when we get back right after the break, we're going to talk about that. And uh, some of the other ways that Artemis might be showing up for you, uh, naming that can be so empowering. We're going to do so when we get back. Dr. Jean Shinoda Bowen is with us on Marianne Live. We'll be right back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No, no More Love, love Life, Life Drama, drama for, for Us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody, to Mary Ann Live. We're here with Dr. Jean Shinoda Bowen. I was remembering a story when I was in my 20s, and I was big into meditation, and I started hearing voices, Jean, the, the kinds that you're not, you think you're crazy, you haven't really read enough books to know that that's maybe part of your, your psyche right. talking to you, you know. And I heard the word Artemis. Never heard of it, didn't know what it meant. I was terrified, and I think I was 26 years old. Uh, and my question, my inquiry, it was, 
what am I doing here on the planet? What is my life work? I'm not going to move until I hear the answer. And that was one of the one line, or in this case, a one word phrase that, that came forward. I didn't, never even heard of Artemis. I thought it was Adamus, Adam, I couldn't quite, and then I wrote it down phonetically. Mm-hmm. Turns out from that moment forward, you know, I learned so many things about Artemis and so on, and I'm not sure what your relationship is, uh, listeners, um, to Artemis, but I can tell you there are probably a bazillion stories about how this archetype shows up in one's life. Uh, from the time they're born, you talk about this in your book, Teen, uh, infants that are influenced by Artemis, toddlers, all the way up through and on into the later life. Can we talk a little bit about the spectrum of how Artemis w- would show up for folks? First of all, <clears throat> let me say, wow, about you at 26. Because the, the, uh, there's very often <clears throat> People do get intimations about the, the bigger reason for their, their being here, and very often they ignore it, or they, or or some <clears throat> interior voice says, "Who do you think you are?" Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and I am so impressed by the work I do, listening to people hearing their dreams, hearing a direction that they sometimes have gotten, like you just described at 26, not just the name Artemis, but the question that you had. I've been giving workshops um, using the words from Mary Oliver, tell me, what do you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And I think that that is the question, that the earlier in life you, you, you get it and the earlier you heed it, the course of your life then can move in the direction of meaningfulness. And so I think that's enormously important. Mm-hmm. And I think the spiritual or soulful aspect of why we are here mm-hmm. is an essential part of, of, of us having energy and meaning. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, I'm also aware of how privileged we are as women that never in the history of the world has it ever been such a positive thing to be a woman in the Western world. And we are also, I am remembering the Dalai Lama saying that it's up to Western women when it comes to peace and saving the world, that that is probably true, that there is a place that we are, we are holding the tension of opposites between evolution and disaster. And those of us who have a sense of sisterhood and brotherhood with men, and a sense of being part of the oneness of, of the planet and that Mother Earth is home. Well, all of that has something to do with the sense of soulful um, reasons for being here, but it, but it especially does tap into an energy of Artemis, which is in the beginning, you know, we've talked a lot about Artemis because she is the, the youngest of the three aspects of the same energy. It was Artemis. Selene, Hecate, the three goddesses of the moon. And then it was Artemis, Athena, Hestia, the three virgin goddesses. And the two together in us means that we go through life. Um, for example, Artemis and Athena, if, uh, if you lead with Artemis, then Athena, that whole educated part, the strategist, can come and be part of what helps you to do what you do. 
And then there is Hestia, who is the natural part that, that feels at oneness inside and therefore makes a home or a temple, a home or a building. I mean, it makes a house a home or a temple out of a building because she's represented by the fire at the center of a round heart. She's not an image, she's not a painting, she's not mythological uh, drama, but rather it's her presence that centers things. And this is the direct lineage of of uh, Artemis and Athena and Hestia is that they do not need another person to make them whole. They they are able to be one unto themselves, uh, virginal as in a virgin forest. I mean, a lot of Artemis women explore sexuality as part of the wilderness. It's not that they're virgin virgins, <laughs> but but it but it's it's the quality. One part of her stays virginal, stays un. Un, like a virgin forest, you're not logged through, you're not cut down. There's a part of you that remains as you came into the world in your true nature, okay? Mm-hmm. You're best able to develop it as you grow older, actually. Uh, there's the first part of life when you try to, you know, we all try to conform and please other people and jump through the right hoops. And if we can do it, we do it. But then we get drawn into our, our special concerns and things. But by the time we reach crone age, I mean, Artemis is as in maiden mother crone, the three stages of the great goddess. She is the waxing moon, or the virgin, uh, the, the virgin goddess as maiden, unattached. Then the the Selene, or the full moon, is the fullness of the feminine moon, but not ne- but not necessarily mother. The Selene, the goddess, was never a mother. And then there is Hecate, who is referred to very often as the witch. Uh, but she is the goddess of the crossroad, and she's the goddess of the waning moon, and she moves into the dark of the mystery, the darkness of the moon. Mm. So this is the full range of Artemis as, as goddess of the moon. And that's, that grows more remarkable as you get older. Mm. For example, if you're Hecate you and goddess of the crossroad, as a therapist, as an artist, as a poet, as a wise woman in whatever you're doing, you've been around the block enough. You're aligned with a goddess, Hecate, who is a goddess of the crossroads. So she could, she saw you coming, and she knew the path, the choice that you have to make when you get to this crossroad. Which path will you take, and on what basis will you make that choice? And will you make it from the wisdom of Hecate? Will you then choose the path that has been influenced by Artemis all along, that has something to do with trusting one's instinctual nature and and trusting that even though it's a, not a well-trod path, that it's the one that calls you? So this this is the, those are the three these are the stages we can go through. Mm-hmm. And and um, I often talk at the beginning about how we get what happens to us as we get processed, this short myth of Procrustes in his bed. If you were on the road to Athens, and all of us were put on the road to Athens, that is the symbol of success, of pleasing everybody. You had to pass Procrustes, and he put you on his bed, and whatever pit didn't fit, he cut off, whack. And whatever, and if you were too short, he stretched you until you fit the bed. 
Well, metaphorically, that happens to, to us all. If there's a part of us that everybody likes, it gets stretched. The part of us that was not acceptable in our household, whack. Little girls from our family do not do that. Well, the thing of it is, whatever you cut off gets suppressed. It's still alive. It's in your personal unconscious. And in the second half of life, you start maybe often by making a defense. Something happens to your health. You've been betrayed. You're, you know, you're lost for a while. That's when you go down into the underworld and pick up on what used to be who you were and is still meaningful. And when you pick that up, you can bring it back into your life, and it can be a major influence on what makes your life worthwhile to you in the next phase of your life. When I was at the UN with my Artemis self, I, I wrote Moving Toward the Million Circle to reflect back on these remarkable women who were on the ground doing NGO work, and I could see them through my Jungian analyst lens, put it into a slightly different language, but viewed them as picking up their assignments, which is individuation in Jungianese. Mm. And, and if you have an assignment, something comes along, and you say yes to it, and the answers are all from inside, is it meaningful to you? Lots of causes are meaningful. But when I met women who were trafficked themselves, and now were anti-trafficers, they were putting their suffering into something that rescued girls and women. Um, all, all kinds of good causes go back to what wounded you once and now helps you to heal other people. So one, is it meaningful personally? Two, will it be fun? You know, activism is usually not called fun, but it really is when you keep growing as you do it and you're with people who share your values. And the last one was, is it motivated by love? Mm. And if you follow a path that calls you because these three meanings and you say yes, then that, in, especially in your second half of life, mm. is a path that will grow you as you take it. Mm. Powerful. Who doesn't want that? I can hear cheering going on field. Wow. All right, everybody, sit tight. We're going to come back for our last segment right after these messages, more with Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin, right here on Mary Ann Live. Artemis, that's what we're talking about, the indomitable spirit in every woman. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered, ordered No, no more, more Love Life, Life Drama, drama for, for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerata is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. 
Find out about CORE certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships, www.marianlife.com. CORE certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.marianlive.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net. Net, the Positive Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Dr. Dean Shinoda Bolin is with us. We're talking about Artemis, her new book, The Indomitable Spirit in Every Woman. Um, before we uh, came back, Jean, you were saying that there's a price to pay. Uh, for being in alignment or, um, you know, uh, honoring the call of Art- Artemis. Um, let's talk a little bit about that for folks. Well, say you're, you're at a crossroads, that you feel the call to live out more of your Artemis nature. You also have your own commitments and responsibilities, so you're caught between, or you're, you're holding a tension between two separate things and one of the things about an archetype is that they don't have that much I mean they are like the goddesses themselves you're a mortal we're a mortal we have a mortal sense that we have responsibilities and we have an archetypal calling and we're held between the two and one of the things is to be a choice maker meaning how do you stay because how do you stay on track and yourself? Not out of fear, but out of who you are. And how can you hold those, that tension until you really have a clarity about what the next action is? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it has to do with putting off a calling for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes because the cost of anything is what you give up in order for to have it. Mm-hmm. And since Artemis often has goal orientation on one hand and uh, a difficulty kind of learning compassion, the human woman has that to learn. Mm-hmm. There are some women who, who really don't ha- have archetypes that don't really know how to get focused very much, and they have to learn how to get focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But w- when focus is so easy for you, what you need to do is widen the aperture of your conscious mind mm-hmm. and bring in the people that love you and the people you love. And remember that that's also part of you. Mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, the, the goddesses have it easy because they're so who they are. We yeah. humans <laughs> are more complicated than yes. that. We have to have a repertoire. We okay? do. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Well, for sure, you and I could talk about this forever, and I um, have to say we're coming up to the top of the hour. For every anybody who's interested in this subject uh, and wants more, absolutely get a copy of Artemis, 
the indomitable spirit in every woman. Uh, it's available wherever fine books are sold. Um, we are coming to the top of the hour, so we're going to have to wrap up here, but I really do want to make space for you to talk about the Million Circle Initiative. Uh, I think this is something a lot of people would like to be involved with that don't know about it, Jean, and then we'll talk about your workshops and where they can get a hold of um, more information about your work. Well, the idea of the Million Circle was based on uh, the anti-nuclear activism movement, which used to store as a hundredth monkey, which some of your listeners may remember. And essentially, it assumes that when a, when a critical number of people uh, change their point of view, uh, change how they live and act, then a tipping point is reached and real change happens. And it happens through the collective unconscious, which is the human morphic field. That group of children wrote about as the backup for the hundredth monkey. So my thing, my 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 sense is that circles, women's circles, are the spiritual center. The consciousness-raising groups changed us through the women's movement. Now put in the center of a women's circle, a a a sacred center, a spiritual center that corresponds to Jung's self sense of the self. It can be, or alcoholic anonymous is higher power. Every woman, so the book, The Man's Circle, was, was the vision and a how-to. It led to a, a group that has been functioning and doing workshops and things at the UN for 16 years now, I think. Beautiful. And it's called The Man's Circle Initiative. And um, it has led me to to be just to think, wouldn't it be wonderful if this idea of circle spread to the women of the world through the, the Fifth Women's World Conference? And that's why I'm advocating this. Gorgeous. www.millionthcircle.org. And to get a hold of Jean, jeanbolen.com, J-E-A-N-B-O-L-E-N.com. Uh, it's been such a privilege and a pleasure to have you on our program, Jean. We hope you come back and wish you every blessing as you uh, continue your gorgeous journey in the world. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. You sit tight. We'll be back for our wrap right after these messages. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. 
Learn more at 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Everybody, so happy to have been able to share this hour with you and Jean Shinoda Bowen talking about her new book, Artemis. You really want to get a copy of this book. I was just telling Jean during the break, I'm getting several for friends uh, and practically anybody I know. It makes you feel so good about yourself, and this particular archetypal energy is, is very unique and one that uh, it's wonderful to gather together around and, and really help each other cultivate. Uh, Artemis is. Uh, about sisterhood as well. So love that. So, yeah, next week coming up here on Marianne Live, uh, Zen Cryer DeBruck, your inner GPS is what we're going to be talking about together next time we meet. Until then, third part of our practice is go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. The Artemis inside of you will be very happy about that goal and uh, loves to support causes, so who knows what that will mean for you. Until next time, again, I wish you every blessing. Thanks for joining us today.